0: We are so excited to have so many of our mission partners here with us this weekend, both local and international. Unfortunately, not all of our partners could be here. We support others, but we're so glad that they are. We wanted to bring them up on stage so you could see their faces, but also we wanted to take a moment so we can encourage them with a word of prayer. Well, a few weeks ago, uh, when our team was getting ready to go to serve in Guatemala for a week during fall break, we had a night of worship and Nate Ross brought our team up and lined us up in the front and asked that during prayer if, if, if the audience would just extend a hand towards that d- team. And I remember how, feeling how uh, powerfully encouraging that was to me and to our team. And so I'm going to ask if you would do the same thing, just extend a hand towards this group of people these servants who are giving their lives serving here and around the world as we pray and even if you're watching online maybe just extend a hand towards the screen or something like that let's pray father we thank you so much for your heart for the nations we know it's your desire that the entire world come to know you and this group of people whether they're serving full-time or internships or representing the mission or whatever, they are responding to your call to serve, to give of their, not only their time, but their gifts and their all to, uh, to help people who are struggling in need, many in poverty, to plant churches, to build homes, to expand your kingdom. So God, we thank you for calling all of us to be uh, a part of that expansion of your church and and of, of the faith of brothers and sisters. And so, God, I thank you for these people, for what they are doing. But God, I pray that you will also touch our hearts and show us as individuals, maybe as a family, as a church family, show us how we can come alongside and partner with them in the gospel. So we thank you, Father, for what you have done, what you are doing, and what you will do in the future through these ministries We pray all this in your son, Jesus' holy name, amen. Let's give these folks a big hand for the work that they are doing and for being here this weekend. So all of them are gonna be out in the centrum After the service, they'll be in the Centrum. The Centrum is on the other side, just go through the lobby on the other side, that big room, and they've got their mission displays set up there in the room, and they would love the opportunity to talk with you, share their stories, and we just want you to encourage them. So, this weekend, we have arranged for food trucks to be out on the patio, and the food is free. That's right, food is free. There's a ticket system at each of the trucks. You pick up a ticket and you just hand it to them. And, and we're going to cover that for you because we're just simply asking for you to grab your meal, go into the Centrum. It's drier in there. It is warmer in there. Go in there, enjoy a meal, connect with them. And uh, it's going to be a great weekend. Well, I have asked for these three to stick around and uh, talk a little bit more about the work that God is doing Um in their part of the world. So right next to me, this is Amy Ruff. Amy is here with her husband, Terry, this weekend. They serve with I AM, that's International African Mobilization based out of Ghana, uh, West Africa. Terry and Amy are actually Northside staff. The only uh, mission partners that we support who are also considered staff here at Northside serving Uh, on staff for the last 21 years, I think it is, with the last 13 of them being in Ghana, West Africa. Next to her is Elliot Branch. Elliot serves with Mekong Multiply in Southeast Asia. And then next to him, David Robertson, executive director with Casas Por Cristo in Latin America. So Amy, let's start with you. Tell us
1: about I
0: Am, what is that all about?
1: It's uh, glorifying the great I am uh, through disciple-making movements that reach the unreached in Ghana, West Africa, and beyond. And we um, uh, so we have disciple-makers that go out every week, and they are prayer-walking, praying for people, and uh, sharing God's story and uh, forming groups and training them how to be uh, simple churches that love God, love others, and make disciples. And we also have a studio. Most of the people that we work with are oral learners. And so we have, um, they create and download um, audio Bibles in multiple languages all over West Africa. And uh, put them on micro SD chips, and everyone has a phone, so uh, they put them in their phones and they can hear the Word of God and see the Word of God through like Jesus film and other things uh, on their own phones.
0: That's amazing because I remember uh, out in the bush, we, we could be at a church, maybe a church being maybe under a tree or something like that, or just a bamboo thatched, very, very simple, and maybe even sitting on the floor. Um, but even still, you'll, you'll hear cell phones go off. It's the craziest <laughs> thing out in the bush in the middle of nowhere. Yes. So uh, speaking of, of bush, um, I remember a report I had gotten, Terry sends uh, monthly reports to supporters and, and all that to let us know what's going on. And so I remember reading one and it, he, he said that there are bushfires that are starting everywhere. And he sent, it was a graphic, there was like 25 of them or somewhere, something like that. And he had fire icons uh, all over the map. And I'm what is going on? I mean, Mufasa's Scar scars, taking over Africa and burning it down, and, you know, or something like that. Okay, we're gonna pray for you. What is, what is happening? But then he, he kind of he giggled and was like, no, no, that's not what we're talking about. So it wasn't like a real fire. Uh, what's, what's a bushfire there?
1: Well, we see the, the fires uh, lit in Ghana when the dry season comes. And um, so we knew how rapidly that that spread and swept through an area. And so Terry one day just said, had a vision of um, the gospel uh, spreading that fast and uh, quickly through all of West Africa, all of uh, Africa in total. so, And
0: and that indeed actually has been happening, which is why I really wanted to to bring you into this conversation to really to share what God has been doing in that part of the world through that ministry, the discipleship making, disciple making movement. Uh, There's some incredible statistics that are so encouraging. And we know that Uh, There's been some very difficult times in the last 13 years of you being there, but some incredible fruits. Can you tell us about that?
1: In the last four years, um, we have, uh, all with indigenous national leadership, have uh we're now in nine West African countries over the last four years, over um like seventeen thousand baptisms, uh four thousand one hundred groups, which represents about twenty-six thousand people who are meeting every week in simple church.
0: That is incredible. Let's just but we just praise God for what he's doing.
2: Only God can do that. Only
0: God can do that. Elliot, let's, let's go to you. Uh, tell us about Mekong Multiply in Southeast yes. Asia.
2: Yeah, very good. Mekong Multiply, similar to the vision that Amy and Terry have for Africa, is to see faith and disciples and churches multiply to all the unreached people groups. There's more than 700 unreached people groups in the 10 countries of Southeast Asia where we're focused. And in one particular country where we've been working, we have been recruiting, training, and mobilizing national christians to go out to unengaged unreached people groups and begin the church planning process and so i lived over there for 15 years we had a coffee company that we used to uh, share the love of christ and share his message and we also hosted uh, groups that came over in fact uh, you were over there once
0: that was uh it was me and sean bailey we came out there i think it was 2014
2: 2014 and do you remember the uh, birthday party that we went to that the young Mien girl I had I a do, birthday yeah, and they was were a lot of fun. singing music and they're trying to get people to come out and dance. Do you remember that? We actually have a video from that.
0: <laughs> no, you don't. Yes, you yeah. Don't. Take a look at this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <no! laughs> we got to stop that. <laughs>
2: Southeast Asia has never been the same.
0: Oh, oh my goodness. I can't believe you did that.
2: I, I thought we were friends.
0: <laughs> well, I, I know that's not me. Oh. I, I know that's not me, and I can prove it because that guy can dance. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> All right, guys, whatever you need to do to unsee that, please unsee that. Just hit delete. Well, let's get back to, uh, to talking about the, the mission with Mekong Multiply. One of the, the things that I remember that, that kind of stood out to me was about the opposition that there is towards Christianity and against the church. Um, whether it be through maybe government or police or, or, or something like that, there's a persecution that happens in that area, uh, that region, that we don't experience in the United States. Tell us about that.
2: Yeah, you know, if you were to visit there and go to the city where there are churches, you'd probably feel like, hey, this is completely open, and uh, what's the problem? But if you go into places where the gospel hasn't been yet, that is where there tends to be more persecution. And we send our guys and girls out to these unreached areas. You know, in the first 120 years that the gospel has been in this country, 60 different tribes have heard the gospel. But in the last three years, because of the workers we're sending out, 120 more tribes have now heard the gospel for the first time. And we, we, uh, one of the things we do with our folks is we send them out on what we call a faith journey. And so kind of like Jesus sent out his disciples in Luke chapter 10 without an extra bag, extra pair of shoes with no money. And they just rely upon the hospitality of the people that they meet and then bless them, heal their sick, and share the good news of the kingdom with them. That's how we train our folks. And sometimes when they go out like that, they encounter persecution Um, We had two Hmong guys, that's one of the tribal groups there, and they were going out and somebody reported them, and they were actually arrested about three or four times before they were finally locked up in jail. When they first went to jail, um, they thought they'd only be there for a day or two, and uh, they started sharing the gospel with all the other people in prison, and some of them reacted very fiercely against them, saying, if you want to die, keep talking. Uh, but they intended to share the gospel with them. That, and by the end of the time they were in prison, they had actually led one man to faith in Christ and baptized him there in the prison. And so by the time that they left, uh, when one of our workers went to go get them out, they said, oh, your Jesus has come to to get you out now. And don't forget about us. Keep praying for us. And their tone had, had completely changed around because of that. That's incredible. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Now, Elliot, you have... You have recently uh, published a book. It's it's called The Faith Road. The Faith Road. Tell us, what's, what's the premise of that book?
2: Yeah, The Faith Road is the idea of taking the faith road. We've heard of taking the high road, taking the low road. What we encourage our folks to do is take, and all Christians, to take the faith road. And the faith road is meaning not where we go out and serve God based on what we know that we're capable of doing and depending upon our own wisdom or knowledge or resources, but really relying upon God even when we know we don't have what it takes. And it, the only way we can succeed is when we rely upon God to do for, for us what we could never do on our own. And that is when we see the amazing happen.
0: It's a, it's a really great read, and I encourage you guys to, to stop by the Mekong Multiply booth out there in the centrum after the service, and, and Elliot's got copies of that uh, book uh, available. As There's we- a few
2: copies left. The first service almost took them all out, so well, if they run out before you get there, you can get them online on our website, too, MekongMultiply.com, and we also go. have coffee out there, Kingdom coffee. Bean You're Coffee. You're
0: the coffee man.
2: Kingdom Bean Coffee, that's right.
0: Excellent. <laughs> David Robertson, Casas Port Cristo, tell us about that.
3: Uh, Casas per Cristo, just like what you've heard already, uh, we're a ministry that exists to share the gospel with people that don't know it. Uh, for us, we use the building of a house as sort of a gimmick. Uh, when, when you come in and we're able to sh- uh, partner with local pastors and churches and they're able to sponsor these families, when you're able to go in and build a home for a family that has dirt floors and uh Cornstalk walls. It almost earns the local pastor and church the right to come in and share the gospel. In many occasions, we've heard stories about the dad being very resistant, sometimes not even letting the pastor on the property. But once the house is being built, that pastor, uh, that dad, coming to the local pastor and saying, "Hey, this Jesus that that they're talking about, I want to know about that." And so th- that's what we do. We use the, the tool of building a home, providing a basic need of humanity to open just a huge door for the local church and pastor to be able to share the gospel.
0: It's interesting that building a house not only helps the family, but it, it, it strengthens the local church. Absolutely. So Northside has done a lot of trips with Casas over mm-hmm. the years. We've been to Guatemala, more more to Guatemala than anywhere mm-hmm. else, Guatemala, Dominican Republic and also Nicaragua. Yeah. And I don't know how many, have, how
3: many trips that is. Have you ever, I was gonna ask you, have you ever stopped and counted that up? Because I, I had Roberta in the office look that up for me and she said over the last nine years, Northside is responsible for 57 homes being built throughout Latin America. Wow. Yeah.
0: Uh, if I were to have guessed, I would have thought, I don't know, maybe, maybe about 35 or so, but 57 homes over the last nine years, that's, that's incredible. And with all of those trips, um, th- there's one that really stands out mm-hmm. among the others. Uh, they're all special, yeah. uh, but, that, but there's one. Do you know which one I'm talking about?
3: Uh, I think it has something to do with Matthew, if I were guessing.
0: Yeah, yeah. It was Hurricane Matthew. Uh, it was back in 2016. And uh, it was midweek where the, uh, the hurricane was south of the island, uh, uh, where Dominican and Haiti share the island. And it was gonna turn upward uh, to, to go north and go through the island at some point. So we're watching everything closely. And I remember the day that it, it started to go north, north and it's gonna hit us at some point later in the day or something. And, um, and so we go out to the work site uh, and we say, we're going to work as long as we can. When it starts raining, you know, we'll, we'll load it all up. We'll go back to camp. We'll hunker down, whatever we need to do uh, with that. And, and as the day goes on, there, nothing. No, no rain, no, no wind. I mean, maybe minor, but uh, certainly no storms. In fact, I remember it being Sunshine. Mm-hmm. And the entire day passed, and nothing. We're like, okay, we are puzzled. What happened? And you, uh, we got back to camp, and you checked. Uh, you had Wi-Fi, and we're able to check uh, the the radar. Mm-hmm. And and this is what we saw. Yeah. If you see there how the storm split. And where we were located is in that narrow channel between there. And it passed all the way through the island and never touched us. Not one bit. It was bit. unbelievable. It... Yeah. Now, I'll, I'll have to say we, you know, we prayed that up good and we are extremely thankful, but at the same time, Haiti got slammed. Yeah. Haiti did. got slammed pretty good. And you know, that country can't take another devastation like that no. uh, but we we uh, we mobilized resources and things to help there but that was it was an incredible week but the other reason why that particular trip stood out uh, not just because of that but it's the largest group that we've ever had 224 people from Northside went to Dominican Republic to serve that week the local pastors called us Grupo Grande Yep. yeah and and it it was a special week because it wasn't just about building houses
3: no it, th- that's the other thing that stands out to me about that trip was it was not just about building homes it was northside going we're going to provide a trip where anyone can go and you guys had you had medical outreach teams going you had dental you had vision you had sports outreach going on. You, you came and you did some training for the local pastors. Uh, you even did this program called Princesas, which I have a hard time saying in English. In, in English, princesses. Princesses. I don't know how many apostrophes <laughs> are there. But it was, it was taking these young girls and l- reminding them that they're daughters of the king and they're valuable. And what was awesome for me that week was... I got to play taxi driver. I drove George around all week, that, that's what I did. And we would drive from location to location to location and it was fun for me as the, as the director of CASAs that you know focuses on the homes, to see a church body doing so much more, but to see, to see George at that time, to see him light up every time we went in, um, it was just powerful. I, I even remember, you guys had a special team, an all-ladies team that built a house. It was phenomenal. And to see the, the body of Christ coming together was just powerful. We, we would come back every evening and all these different groups that had been out doing their thing then came together and we worshiped together and celebrated together. It was, it was a phenomenal week.
0: It really was. So I got one more question. This is for the same question for the three of you, and we'll start with you there at the end, David. Uh, two-part question. This last year and a half uh, during the pandemic has been extremely difficult for churches, for missions, maybe even for you personally. Uh, what has been your challenge in, in the season? And, and secondly, how can we, how can, how can we as Northside partner with you in the gospel?
3: Wow, uh, those two answers are really connected. Um, One, the last 18 months has been so difficult on our missionaries. You guys come down and do a short-term trip, but our missionaries are there long-term, serving alongside the pastors and the churches. And there were 12 months there where our, our missionaries couldn't get out of the country. And there were months on end where there were travel bans and teams couldn't come in. And one of the things that our missionaries learned was just how much they depend on the energy and and the interaction of the teams when they come down. Just how much, when a group like you guys come down and build a home alongside of them, how much it nourishes them and their families, their children, And, and not only them, but our local pastors and churches. Um, there's just this huge void that was missing. So much so that, you know, we've had to start looking at how do we get counseling resources available for our missionaries because the last 18 months were traumatic. And so how can you help? You may think you don't have any skills. You may think that, that you can't build a house or you're not a doctor or a nurse or whatever. But I'm going to share with you that just by your simple presence, You have the opportunity to minister to our missionaries, to the families that we serve, to our local pastors and churches. And so what I'd say is keep coming. Just like you just got back from a trip in Guatemala, you know, keep coming. It encourages our people on the field so much more than you can ever imagine.
0: It's, it's interesting that you say that because I have a special announcement that I have been excited about for the last week or so to share with all of you the special opportunity because once again, we are planning another Grupo Grande, this time to Guatemala during fall break, October the 2nd uh, through the 8th um, of 2022 next year. And we plan on chartering a plane. We've done that before. We want to do that again. And the whole plane is going to be north side. And we're going to go and do the same type of things, build houses if we have enough that want to do it. And all all women's build, high school teams, uh, young adult teams, medical, dental, vision, girls outreach with princesses, boys sports. I mean, let's just love the local church and encourage them. And and at the same time, and I've experienced this so many times that by going and serving and having an impact there, we're the ones who are impacted too. Man, there are faith steps that that are taken. Um, We grow in our faith and uh, we wanna provide that opportunity, but it gets better. And I feel like this is kind of like an Oprah moment here because (laughs) I've got a special opportunity for all of you I wanna tell you about For those who register for that trip in the next two weeks before December 1st with their $100 deposit, we'll get a special, incredibly low rate that we're able to do this. uh, never, Probably never again will this be able to be offered. It's normally a $1,300 per person trip. We're able to do this for those who register early for a low price of $700. That is for the charter plane, the food, the lodging, the projects, that's everything. This is the opportunity to bring your family because it will not ever be any cheaper and we're, we're allowing uh, parents to bring their kids as young as six years old and to, to be a part of this. And to get information, there's complete information online, uh, also an opportunity to get on the interest list. So we, maybe we could follow up with you with more details but you text Guatemala to 81411, Guatemala 81411, get information, get on the interest list. We'd love to make that happen for you. I hear it all the time. People say, one of these days, I'm gonna do something like that. One of these days, well, pray about it. Maybe this is that day.
3: If we have enough people sign up today, will you promise that on that Guatemala trip, you will dance for us again? <laughs>
0: Oh my goodness! Um, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's what it takes. Sign up, and I'll I'll dance my heart off. Yeah, that, that's that's great. Okay, let's let's move on to Elliot. Uh, same same question. Uh, what's been your challenge, and uh, and how can we partner with you?
2: Yeah, very good. Um, I, I, our challenge, we have two main challenges, and one way that you can partner is by praying for both of those. Uh, one of the challenges is the opposition and persecution that our partners over in Southeast Asia face. You know, we've had people beaten, we've had people arrested, we've had people put in stocks, we've had uh, some of our young ladies had attempted rape and a sexual assault, things like this. So pray for them, not just for their safety, but pray for their faithfulness, because it's easy to start believing lies and start believing that, you know, God isn't worth it when you experience those kind of things. So we we want to ask you to pray for them. Um, Another thing would be to pray for all the COVID lockdowns. It's been a big challenge. We normally are sending our our workers out to all these different tribes and remote villages, and they keep locking down provinces and districts and things like that. And so pray that, uh, you know, they have been really good about using their telephones, using technology, Zoom, and Facebook Messenger to overcome those things, and, uh, but it's still a challenge, so it keeps us on our toes. The gospel's not on lockdown, though, so we've been able to see some you know, great progress. Just this morning as I was driving in here, I got a video of a, a guy being baptized in one of the villages in the south, and so we're... Praise God for that. In spite of the lockdowns, the other thing is um, uh, we're right here in in Louisville, across the river, um, Kingdom Bean Coffee, and we have lots of opportunities for people to help out. And um, you don't even have to pay seven hundred dollars to go over
1: there. <laughs> <laughs> That's good.
2: <laughs> That's right. And um, so you can check us out at our, our at our booth. We have coffee there and uh, our book. And uh, we also have this piece of paper that says, I want to help. We list a lot of different ways that people can help out, including prayer and including um, adopting an Unreached People group. We'd love to talk to you more about what that means. So thanks again. Amy, same question.
1: Yes. We've had a lot of challenges with COVID, with lockdown. And... um, guys traveling to other countries are some of our dm members and um not being able to get out of the airport because they're tested positive for covid when they really weren't but it was a prejudicial thing and um all of those things, but in spite of that, because we do simple churches that meet under trees uh, in huts and different places, um, the gospel has been able to uh, advance in great speed. Um, this Over this last year and a half, Moses, one of our uh, main uh, leaders, uh, initiated disciple-making movements in three countries uh, that have over 100 groups in each country uh, Now, Um, one of the things that you can do is pray for us. Um, We know you pray, and we feel your prayers, and we're sustained by your prayers, and our disciple-makers are. And um, uh, even no matter what difficulty comes, Isaac was robbed in Cote d'Ivoire. It was a setup. And, I mean, just all those things, we, we feel Uh, that you have been praying, and we just can't say thank you enough. Uh, The other thing is um, we're trying to get each of our DMM teams uh, funded so an individual or a family or a small group can take on one of these teams and be the ministry support for them, and then we can use the other resources to advance into other countries. So we have information at the booth about that.
0: So once again, these three, as well as all of our other partners will be in the Centrum after the service. So please you know, get some food going over there, connect with them, uh, support their ministries. Some of them have items to, to sell, maybe pick up a Christmas gift or something like that for somebody and support the efforts that are going on around the world. Amy, Elliot, David, thank you once again. Let's give them a big hand and thank them for being here.
4: Well, man, it has been a thrilling weekend for all of us here at Northside to be able to share in those testimonies, in the interview, and now I know some of you right now are getting a little nervous. You're looking at the clock thinking, oh, no, he thinks he's got a half hour. No, 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 no. Not ramping up, just ramping down, uh, but boy, what a, what a thrill to be able to hear these testimonies. I even asked Sam to make sure, start playing early so I'll get to the point because we're headed to communion, and, and what a celebration at the end of a day like today. And the things that we've got to hear, are things that we would not necessarily know but begin to realize of what you all have been doing and how we get to share in this ministry together. Uh, there's a, a verse, that will appear on the screen, a passage from Philippians uh, chapter one. And Paul writes to the Philippian church, to the early church there, and he encourages them. He says, every time I think of you, I give thanks to my God. Whenever I pray, I make my request for all of you with joy. For you have been my partners in spreading the good news about Christ from the time you first heard it until now. A few years ago when we bought some downtown property to have a presence, uh, in downtown, downtown here in New Albany and tried to reach out to as many folks as we could. We didn't know what that would look like. Is it going to be a satellite church? Is it going to be a, another service? Is it going to be similar? How different? Or just a ministry area, resource place? What's it going to look like? And, and right now, Nomad, Nomad Ministry has uh, taken that building and they're doing a tremendous thing with that. But when we began a few years back, we just wondered, I remember taking a, a Dr. Brooks, who was the superintendent of the uh, Floyd County Schools, took him out to lunch, and I said, listen, we're, we're as a church, we wanna have a presence, we wanna have an impact, encouraging as much as we can. It's right next to S. Ellen Jones. So we realize the potential that we can have. But I just want to ask you to give us some of your wisdom. If there would be any, anything that we ought to focus on, any one thing, and he interrupted me right there, and he said, mentor. He said, we need mentors. Kids need mentors. He said, in a word, mentor. In a phrase, mentor, and keep on mentoring. I said, I, I get the point. Because he knew that coming alongside people is so important in life you've heard the phrase it takes a village to raise a child i i think there's a probably a lot of wisdom in that it's just in my context it's different it takes a church family to raise a child our kids have been raised by people like you through the years who have loved them and encouraged them that's what we want to try to do and it shouldn't surprise me when he said that mentoring is so important, because we know the words of Jesus in Matthew 28. He said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. So go and make disciples, baptizing them, you know, get them started in this relationship Then he said, and teach them to observe, or we could say, teach them to obey all the commands that i 've given to you and i 'm going to be with you to the end of the age Jesus said, Disci- make disciples, make followers, make sure that you 're a good follower, but don 't let it in there. Be a follower who makes other followers. be a disciple who makes disciples of Jesus. A few years after that, I was sitting with our daughter Rachel over in Romania in her ministry to to the Roma Gypsy people who were very much not allowed any kind of value in life. And she had made friends and found a church, it was the only church that she found in the whole area that accepted Roma Gypsy people. Everybody else, stay away. And I remember we're sitting with their pastor, Teo Chichui. That's just a fun name to say, isn't it? And, and Teo was this great spiritual father to her, to our ministry. And as we came alongside, we he passed away a few years ago, we still miss his godly presence. But I'll never forget what he said. We're, we're in a similar conversation. And Rachel just said, Pastor Chichui, I'm just wondering, as we try to expand our ministry and reach out to the Roma Gypsy families, I, I, what What would perhaps be the way that we could? And he interrupted her. And he said, Rahela. He said, Rahela, what you need to do is partner. Partner. Partner with us. Partner with those who can help, how we can help one another in the kingdom. It is a team sport. Do we mentor? Are we called to? Absolutely. Disciple, oh, that's the umbrella for everything we do. partnering and Paul said in that verse to the Philippians I thank God every time I think of you every time I pray for you I am joyful at the thought of you because you became my partner in the gospel and that's what this weekend is all about it's Northside's partners when Jesus took a moment and pulled his disciples aside as we prepare for communion right now, and even for those at home or wherever you might be, if you get a share in this moment as well. He looked into the hearts and the eyes of his followers. He had already washed their feet. He'd already, as the Gospel of John says, he loved them to the fullest extent. He'd already dismissed Judas from the table when he knew what he was up to and he simply said, you you just go do what you have to do, but do it quickly. So his heart is beginning to break a little bit, but he is with his partners. And as he began to transition the Passover to what we call the, the Last Supper, the Lord's Supper for us, he said, remember me never forget. Paul told the Corinthian church, because they forgot what this moment was about. And he said, you examine your heart and your life when you partake of the bread and the juice. May we do that right now. May we realize he's called us into this partnership, this great commission together. Let's bow. Father, we are so thankful that you have loved us so much that you sent your son Jesus to die in our place you invited us to be your family and father for those of us who have placed our faith and trust in your son Jesus right now I pray you would give us the courage and the boldness the honesty to examine our heart before you And as we allow the bread to represent the body of your son, Jesus, and the the juice to represent his blood, may we look back to Calvary where he gave his life. May we see his passion. May we see his pain. May we see his sacrifice. And may we see the greatest love that the world has ever known. So, Father, we thank you for inviting us into this partnership. And we pray that our hearts would realign with yours this morning. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's partake together.